Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and the Separate Clowns. You're listening to Prime Cuts, a non-linear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Audrey. I'm my other host, Nero. And we are here to wrap up season one of Transformers Prime. Um, this was a, a, a really important season for me, personally. Um, that's why I chose it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Prime is the series that got me into Transformers. And uh, I am so consistently impressed still about how well this holds up and um, how much gets packed into a single season of this uh, yeah. of this show. They really they they really use their time for especially given that it's such a narratively driven series for Transformers. Uh, they really pack a lot in in a very short amount of time, really. Uh, Yeah, I was honestly surprised by uh, the amount of arcs in this series. Because obviously I remember a lot of multi-part stuff from later in the the series run. In particular, there's like a run of episodes in season two of like five or six episodes that are all interconnected and and run into each other. But they, uh, they started that from the beginning, really. Yeah, and it's uh, like you know, this is this is much uh, much shorter than the one entire season of Armada uh, that we did. So, you know, they really they start strong and they they pack a lot in. So, um, great series, a really good entryway, I would say, for people who are interested into the Transformers franchise, um, particularly if their interests came from the movies. Uh, since it borrows so much from sort of the Bayverse, uh, but makes it not as awful. <laughs> right. I, I often say that Prime is like the most Transformers-ass Transformers show you can get. I think all of the sort of base building blocks are there, but unlike G1, uh, it's good to watch, and it's not doing anything like crazy with it like beast the beast era or like animated it is we are it is it is back to basics just really good transformers storytelling so yeah and i mean the 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 ending of the first season i was like i, I was like 20 when i watched this um and i was like jaw dropped <laughs> at the ending of season one so it's a it's a crazy cliffhanger uh for an entire season yeah like they really they really just they they came out swinging um i would say like this the series is really strong from the start i think perhaps i've talked about it a bit the one area where prime sort of struggles for a little bit i think is the animation but not in a way that's like distracting it's just clear (laughs) for that that one bulkhead uh clip it's yes except for bulkhead running mp4 um there's like you know we talked about how they didn't have the time or money for a lot of human models and so early on jasper felt even more empty than it was supposed to and i think a lot of the facial animations on the humans uh can be challenging 
for a bit early on. Yeah, but, those first I mean, few episodes. They grow into it, obviously. Like, by the end, I think everything looks very smooth. But those first few episodes, there's there are some 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 challenging faces. You know, it's it's like any other CG so you get more comfortable with the uh the software you're animating in. You 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 sort of learn its limitations and learn how you can kind of flex against those. Uh I remember that by the end of the show it looks great. Like uh season yeah. 2 and season 3 are both great looking uh shows especially in the lighting department. I think there's also a level of adjustment on like the viewer side to the art style cuz the art style itself yes. is quite jarring if you've come from any other um series. It's it's much um uh, uh, the robots in particularly are are much flatter <laughs> um for lack of a better term. Uh they're still really greebled, but they're much less bulky. They're much like rounder and like like smooth smoother not flatter necessarily but smoother um yes they're very smooth they're very yeah. curved that's what it, it, it is the marriage of the the baver style and the animated style as we talked about at the beginning where it's like you have these in places highly detailed models but like so very stylized proportionally where yes. they uh so and i think yeah and that comes from animated yeah, a lot of people when they first uh, saw this art style, kind of felt weird about it, just like with animated. But oh, this doesn't awaken just... anything in me. That kind of weird. <laughs> but just, uh, just like <laughs> I think. Well, I think maybe. But I mean, like, that I was me. More... <laughs> that was twenty years old. So with me. animated, so with animated, it was like people were really afraid that animated was going to be super childish and like uh skewing towards a younger audience which obviously it ended up really not doing that well um I, well i think that well here's the thing i think those are two separate things i certainly wouldn't call tfa yes. super childish but it does skew towards a younger audience and i don't think bit, I, I don't think, think that... that's unfair to say and i also don't think that that makes it any less interesting of a show no i think prime what people were reacting to is like it was weird to see those hyper stylized designs brought into a 3d space and it took a lot of time for them to adjust to that yeah. and you know transformers and fully cg shows have had a little bit of a rocky uh <laughs> we had history we've had one well two technically two before yeah. they're the same continuity though so i'm not sure it really counts as separate and then and then there's the energon and cybertron which were partially cg but once again uh, yeah, I don't count maybe those. not the best looking CG. I also don't out count there, those but... because CG is not the primary That's animation true. form. Like Prime was the first pr like primarily CG entirely CG um series since Beast Machines. And yeah. anyway, Beast Wars and Beast Machine well, Beast Machines we'll get to. But Beast Wars is fun, but it does not look good. <laughs> no, it uh you know, any any early nineties, early mid nineties CG like that is gonna age poorly. Poorly. Yeah. And it's there's especially in season one, boy, that show is ugly as fuck. And actually, um, but it's got a charm to that, it. That's actually another good point, which is that given that this uh series is over a decade old now, again, they had to grow into it, but the CG overall has aged impressively well for Prime. Right. Um, and nowadays, of course, fully CG shows are the norm. I mean, hmm. after this, 
every single televised Transformers series um, was fully CGI. You had yes. Red after this, Cyberverse, the War for Cybertron trilogy, and coming up, uh, Earthspark, all fully CGI. Isn't Earthspark live action? No, it's not. It's fully CG. It's a cartoon. Okay. What was I... I saw something about a live action show. You, you remember that? I think, yeah, I think it was a not a spark? bumblebee. Sp- no, okay. that's not. It's something else. I think there was a. Uh, I believe there was some kind of rumor about a bumblebee spinoff show, um, but I can't quite remember at this point. Okay. But Earthspark is not that. Earthspark is entirely uh, new. Okay. Um, regardless, um, I mean the other ones, the the those other shows. Well, your mileage may vary. I I don't want to talk about the. Uh, the war trilogy but we're going to have to at some point Um, i mean it's like that and rid 2015 are ugly and like very different ways but both equally uh, unappealing visually to me yeah but um even those are like they're they are cgi but they're not like they're not like what you think of when you say the word like 3d cgi you know like prime is that Prime is that, and Beast Wars and Beast Machines was that. Um, even Rid, as much as I don't like to look at it, it's like, it's it's very stylized, but like, yeah, it, they, it, you, you don't necessarily go with that, and like, that's what I think of when I think of like 3D CGI. Like it and because um, it's not it's 2D CGI. Cyberverse, yeah, it and Cyberverse were heavily cel shaded. Exactly. Uh, Cyberverse and, you know, looks better warf- though. <laughs> Yes, much better. I mean, the the base designs are much yeah. better. That's ultimately what it comes down to, because the problem with Red is that they take all of the texture out of the Prime designs, and so they everything just ends up looking flat and boring and weird. Yeah, uh, basically. So like Red and, and and Cyberverse in, in particular um, are CG, but they're like two D CGI. So um, you know, Cyberverse has the benefit of time on its side. So I think that it's pulled off better for a number of reasons. Design design being one of it, but I also think technology and skill being another, probably. Um, and then the trilogy is what happens when you get a fucking gamer website to animate your show. Light, do you guys like lighting? I sure hope not, because that show doesn't have any of it. Yeah. Did you like Ruby? Would you like Ruby if you couldn't see it? Welcome and to it the trilogy. Had- had extremely muddy texturing um yeah we'll get there but like you know another thing i want to talk about with prime is the sort of period it took place in with regards to hasbro's approach to continuity the whole aligned yeah. project because prime launched alongside this video game and these novels and all of them were like drastically different in a lot of ways and yet we're supposed to be a part of the same unified vision of Transformers. And it was just a very, I, you know, I think... Yeah, Warfare, it, play play Warfare and Fall of Cybertron and see if you can connect any of the characters there. Yeah, to, it's... I mean, Megatron, I guess you could do, but... Even that's kind of a challenge. He doesn't quite get there by the end of War for Cybertron. Either. Like, none of them do it. It, it, it. it was so tenuous, and, like, you had to really squint to make it work at all. By Fall um, though. Yeah. His his shape his general shape certainly was like Oh no, I'm just talking there. about like in terms of characterization and stuff. Oh, yeah, no. 
obviously, I mean, yeah, like, like, Paul Cybertron, he was leaning more towards. I it. think about like War and Fall, for example. I think about Starscream and those. That's just G one Starscream, straight up. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it it was really funny because they were like, "All right, we're gonna have this uh this new continuity, this aligned project. We're gonna revamp a bunch of shit." However, War for Cybertron, pure G one fan service. Just slap it all on there. Yeah, Sla- slather it on there. We're not we're not doing much different. Who here. likes Gestalt? <laughs> we we like Gestalt. Yeah. Uh, you guys, remember Omega Supreme? He's here. He's in the building right now. He is the building right now. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, but yeah, like <laughs> the 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 uh, prime. I feel like the 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 kind of collapse of the entire Alliance continuity. Uh, sort of leaves Prime floating on its own little island. I really feel like, aside from the 13 Primes themselves, not a whole lot of stuff from Prime has carried over into the future. Well, what's, like, what's in... Other than um, Knockout and Breakdown in IDW, yeah. but that's like, that's different. And, Ara- and Arachnid, she's there too. That's true. Um... What what I find interesting actually about the aligned continuity is that even though none of it was actually all that aligned at all, it was all pretty fucking good. Which yeah. meant that this was like sort of a golden era, a golden age that hadn't happened in thirty years, really, twenty five, um, of like really good new ideas for the Transformers franchise. Um I mean, across different media um and a lot of it stuck a lot of it didn't um but to sort of like have this time period that's like a complete renaissance really for the transformers franchise and it was happening while you know hasbro was going through a renaissance for other series as well particularly my little pony uh you know mm, this was yes. this was ha- airing at the same time as friendship is magic so you know, to have sort of this toy company be creating media at the level that it was creating media um, and generating lore and story, even if not all of it came, you know, a- ended up going forward, um, was like a pretty remarkable time in terms of just like revitalizing a franchise that had been sort of withering away um idw had just gotten the rights to it two years prior no four years prior in 2006 um yeah but you know it was still firmly in phase one and i would say most people would say that the idw series really took off in phase two um but like which i believe sort of began midway through prime's run towards the end until around 2012 yeah 2013 so it went towards the end it it ended in 2012 and that's when phase two really began so this entire period yeah you're right it's just like this huge surge of activity and people like considering what they wanted to do with this property and i mean we saw at the at the tail end of prime they're just like yanking everything they can throwing it in there like yeah let's do unicron let's fuck fuck it it. predacons predacons yeah we're gonna get predacons later we uh key to vector sigma fuck it throw that in there matrix leadership we got that shit too all it's all in your here. favorite like, bastards back it's shockwave time baby and he's huge um but yeah like they, there was so much just sort of creative juices flowing at hasbro and i i can't help but feel as though with 
IDW losing the license next year and sort of the the new direction they're taking for a lot of these series it's like we're we're at the end of this we're 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 like the 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 last aftershocks of this period are kind of fading away yeah i mean it's it's been a little bit i feel you know since since idw1 ended in 2018 yeah um i don't think there is all that many readers in idw2 that's probably I, I mean i certainly didn't stay on no i was i i nothing really grabbed me and i mean that's probably one of the part of the reason why they're losing the license right. but it's, it's like just the fact that idw for so long have been the transformers comics like the long you know, maybe even longer than marvel was i think i think they held the license mm. for the longest I'm not sure how long Marvel held it for. They held it for a long time. Marvel UK. Yeah, especially especially in the yeah. UK. Yeah. So maybe in the UK Marvel might uh give them a run for their money, but they over here They held it through like the entire Silver Age. Yeah, but over time. here uh IDW was the Transformers comics and they had a lot of great ideas and some ones that didn't pay off, but you know what? That's what you do when you run the big comic universe. But that's gone now. Who knows if they're even going to, like, keep doing Transformers comics or how they're going to do it, if they're going to go to a publisher or not. And, like, Earthspark, I've seen the previews. It looks like a fun show, but I'm not sure it's a show that I need to watch. Well, you do uh, now. At this point. I guess we will have to. I will have to listen to Alan Tudyk, Optimus Prime. Alan Tudyk uh, is playing Optimus? He is indeed. Oh, it's can we get can we something. get Gina Torres back to be his wife? I actually didn't look at who was playing Alita One. Uh, maybe wait, I Alita's don't think gonna she be is. in it. Oh yeah, she's. In oh it. fuck yeah! Um, Never mind. Earth Spark looks amazing. That <laughs> that's my but fucking life. But like you know, it's like uh, let's see. Let, let me let me see. I need to I need to like verify. Who her voice actor is going to be here? If it's going to be Gina Torres, that'd oh, be really funny. It's not. It's uh, it's Sissy Jones who plays oh. uh, Lilith on the Owl House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still good, but like it's it's it, it would be perfect if it was Gina Torres. But like Earth Spark, like it is the the vibe I get. It's similar to Rid or the the my initial vibe on Cyberverse, which as we've established, I was wrong about. Where it's like. Maybe this one skews too young for me. I don't know what I'll be able to squeeze out of this one. But maybe that's just the marketing. Maybe Earthspark is going to do something wild and new. Yeah, listen, I didn't expect any of the shit that went down in Cyberverse is all I will say about that. But yeah, I mean, Prime, I think, is still like... If I'm going to tell someone to consume transformers in media well first of all i'm just going to tell them to go read more than meets the eye but if i'm going to tell them to watch a show uh, i'm probably going to suggest prime first even though animated is my favorite here's the thing i would never suggest someone to go read more than meets the eye without any prior experience with the transformers franchise that's true that's kind of throwing them in the deep end um maybe i you know go watch prime then read more than me exactly Last like Light. that's that's what i would do I, I i mean i would do just read all of phase two um because i really like i really do like robots in disguise slash the transformers yeah. and i also think that robots in disguise slash the transformers is a better introduction to the franchise than more than meets the eye is yes 
Um, but you know, Prime still stands yeah. strong. It stands the test of time. But if, yeah, if someone if someone was like, I want to get into Transformers. I have no experience with it whatsoever outside of like the Bayverse movie. Like I watched the 2007 movie, and that's it. Um, Prime is absolutely where I would tell them to start. It's breezy. It's got great characters. It's got good writing. It has compelling stories like it's it's got all you need to really grab you and can let you sink in and I, it only gets better from here really i, I think overall prime season two is going up. season two is a roller coaster <laughs> i mean we're gonna so, get so much shit i mean i two. talked about how much prime put into just like the first uh, 25 episodes of that was season one they do like double that in the same amount of time in season two. It's insane the amount of time that happens. And then they get the shortened season three, and you and that season is just a that is a roller coaster for sure. That that was a half length season, um, Beast Hunters was. Yeah. So they they went they went ham. Uh as, as shows are wont to do when they get a shortened season. It's like, well, time to just do it all. I hope you like Predicate. I hope you I hope you like just a guy who's really big and turns into a sick dragon. But we're far away from that. Before we announce what we're doing next, because spoilers, it's not it's not season two of Prime. We're gonna leave you hanging. We don't know when that's gonna be. But first before not we, for, before we I will say not for a while, because we do know what the next several seasons will be. We have it all we have you know, we have a big flow chart, we have it all planned out. We have this Sort of, uh, but before we announce our next series, we have some. You'll never some guess questions. it. You'll never guess it. You'll never guess it. <laughs> you, who who could possibly predict? It's Nero's turn uh, to choose, and you'll never guess what they choose. I'm picking Rid 2015. <laughs> uh, get go. it out of the way early. <laughs> so before we get into that, we got to talk. Uh, we have some questions here from the audience on this wrap up. Uh, let me see here. So first of all, scrolling back, Cassarachnid asked last week a question for the wrap-up here. She asks, if you got the chance to pit a Transformers, pitch a Transformers cartoon, who would you choose for the Autobot team? Follow the roles provided or make it up. Leader, Young Gun, Grizzled Vet, The Tank, The Ninja, and The Turncoat. Okay. I like this because this is like... We're not locked in to having Optimus on this team. I would still choose we Optimus. We could get wild with it. Right. So we have Optimus as the leader. Yeah. This is, we, you know, you, we want to have the big guy here. Young Gun, I mean, there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of different, like, hot shot kid appeal characters, including hot shot. However, you know who, it's been a while since we had a good Rodimus on TV, I want Rodimus to come. But back. I think it would have to be Hot Rod. Well, just same same. Yeah, difference. yeah. No, like, no, no. I, okay. I just want. But, as long, but you know, if Optimus yeah. is the leader, then I think it has to be Hot Rod, which is fine. I think. Yeah, I think. I think we need a Hot Rod. You know what I'm gonna like, say? I think we need mm-hmm. Silverbolt. I want the aerial bots there. Okay. I never. I guess Silverbolt is kind of a young gun. Oh, yeah. he absolutely is. That boy is two years old. He was born yesterday, and he <laughs> is terrified of heights, yep. um, which is one of the funniest aspects of his character. I love character. Silverbolt so much. The aerial bots are my funny little guys, but Silverbolt is my f- special he's, funniest little guy. <laughs> he's trying his best. 
But, you know, it's hard out here for read, an agoraphobic jet. I have read so many fic where, like, the elite try and go against the aerial bots, and, like, Skywarp's been like, Starscream, can we just, like, not? They're babies. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I would put on, on Thunder Gregor. I feel like Skywarp has always been the mean one. He's a prankster, but I don't necessarily yeah. think he's mean. But, like, is Skywarp and, uh, uh, Skywarp and Thundercracker both just being like, they are literal children. We can't do this, Starscream. <laughs> Yeah, right, let's just collectively put the aerial bots as the young guns here. So like, sure, yeah, get the whole team in there. Get superior, like Superion. Yeah, fuck it. Is like, let's go. You know, they're, they're they're he's so strong, but they're so inexperienced, and they're you know they're kind of unreliable, but they're trying their best. What do you think is Growth. the best Decepticon Gestalt to go up against Superion? Uh, I mean the classic matchup is always Devastator, right? But what, what like when be- like best, I think what you need is, I think Predaking. I think because, I think Menasaur. Right, because I mean it, it depends because like I feel you know if you want to play up the raw strength, you get like Devastator or Bruticus. Um, because a lot of the Gestalts, yeah, not exactly. I like Menasaur stable. over. I like Menasaur over Bruticus. Yes, I think Menasaur Rurik is interesting, you know, but the the thing about Predaking is also, like, Predaking is the one that I fe- always feel is, like, the most put together and aligned with their goals. So Predaking is, like, he's a well-oiled killing machine. It's actually... He's experienced. It's actually really interesting that I think about it, that the Decepticons don't have a flyer gestalt when they have the overwhelming number of flyers. Yeah, they have like the only you know Vortex is in Bruticus, but they're or in Blastoff, but like Bruticus is not a flight team. No, yeah, the stunt, the the um, Combaticons are not are not a stunt team or not a I flight team. I never really thought. I never really thought about that, but yeah, I think you know, I think yeah, Minasaur is I think a good one to go up against because he's like he's just such like the Stunticons suck so bad. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Like the like motor masters there. Like, what are you gonna do against that? I think that would be good foils. Yeah. So grizzled vet, Grimlock. I want give me more Grimlock. But, okay, Not... you're gonna do Grimlock without the rest of the Dinobots, though. Maybe that's why he's grizzled. Something Swoop happened. died. <laughs> maybe yeah. Maybe maybe some happened. You know, like I think Grimlock. We've it's been a while since we had a good. I guess I have, you know, Cyber's Grimlock seems all right, but when I think of the latest batch of Grimlocks, I think of Rid 2015 Grimlock, who is a fi- who is fine. Not Grimlock though. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, that's a different guy. My my choice for Grizzled Vet is um, Perceptor. Oh, that's very interesting. I like that angle on his character. Listen, if we can get a Ratchet that's like the Ratchet and Prime, then we can get an IDW sort of perceptor in whatever right. show we're making up the tank um hmm. i miss ironhide honestly i do miss ironhide, ironhide. has not I, been it's... featured in one of these shows really as a main character since g1 yeah he was almost an animated but for some reason he was the one movie character they didn't uh they didn't fucking shove in there and i i I have to be clear ironhide is either third or fourth in command depending on what command structure you go by it's either him or jazz um yeah he's an incredibly important character in the g1 cartoon 
And he, like, just hasn't been present in a cartoon for a long time. So my vote for Tank absolutely is Ironhide. And actually, he can do double duty as a grizzled veteran as well. Yeah. The ninja, I mean, we did bring up Jazz. Um, Jazz animated Jazz is very ninja-esque. But, I mean, let's see. I mean, Mirage. I choose Mirage. Ooh, Mirage. I choose Mirage. I think that Another character who has not really shown up in a cartoon since G1, but listen, the covert ops team on uh, the Autobots in G1 was pretty small, and it was pretty much Jazz and Mirage. Um, So, Mirage. I think, I also think he's like an interesting character foil. I really like the idea of like a Towers mech being on the Autobots and everyone hating him. Right, like him, I, I think uh, the angle of Mirage being this, like, yeah, he they need him, but, like, he's such an ass, like, he's so fucking snooty. Um, so, for anyone and... not familiar with the G1 continuity, uh, Mirage is a Towers mech, which is, like, a very, very high class uh, uh, he's, he's a mech. He's a fancy boy. Yeah, he's, he's a little fancy boy. Um, and he, like get there there's friction between him and other members of the autobots because he's especially cliff jumper yes especially cliff jumper and uh i mean in the comic sunstreaker as well has like yeah. issues with him um uh, which is very funny because uh, because of sunstreaker's <laughs> profession yeah um <laughs> uh, sunstreaker is a uh artist to the aristocrats in the in the uh in the comics um but I think Mirage would be my... That's my, my choice for Ninja. So the last one here I have... I have a question about the turncoat. Is this an Autobot who betrays the team? Or is it a Dinobot situation where early on, like, a Decepticon or an opposing faction member joins the Autobots and, like, that's a whole situation? I think it's your choice. And because I've always really liked that dynamic, and yeah. I'm sad they never real like they did a little bit in Armada, but I want more of like because like with Beast Wars that was through the whole thing was like, ooh, is Dinobot like is he on the level? What's what are his goals? Is he gonna stay good? What's going on? So, I actually have two answers depending on what uh, version we're going for. If it's the first one, if it's Autobots who become like disillusioned with being Autobots, etc. Um, I'm going to put down for um, Sunny Insides. Ooh. They join the Decepticon or they just go neutral? I think they go I think they go rogue. I think they're both like, you're not doing enough. Oh, they're like fucking, like, they go like Rambo mode. Yeah, exactly. They're like, you're not doing, like doing enough. Like, we know Jet Judo. We're going to take them down. For the <laughs> other side, I mean, the obvious answer is Deadlock Drift. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, Drift has been the go-to for that one in the past uh, couple of years here. Um, one thing that hasn't really come up since Dreamwave, the old Dreamwave G1 comics, was there was a detail that Grimlock used to be a Decepticon of that continuity. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's very, like, it, we get him in here early on. And we have that classic butting heads with Optimus and and their and their you know leadership styles is what I really like. I do love Grimlock. I want give me some more Grimlock. I, want, I, I gotta have me some more Grimlock in here. It's been too long. <laughs> Age of Extinction, huge disappointment for anyone who wanted to see Grimlock. He ain't in that movie, unless you wanted to see him uh, as just a 
mindless T-Rex, in which case he is, yeah, I guess he is for about 20 minutes. <laughs> but regardless, yeah, I think I saw the, yeah, so I think those are our roles. I think that could be a great show. We, we, that could be an amazing show. Um, uh, Hasbro, you know, we're, 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 lines are open. Call us anytime. We're, we're glad to take your calls, Hasbro. Yeah, hire me. <laughs> um, one, I wanted to cover this one because we missed this uh, on our last episode, but uh, Robin has primed in a late question. Uh, who do you think is most likely to be a VTuber? Bumblebee. Hard mode. Who's a wholesome art VTuber, a spicy or risque VTuber, or part of a VTuber idol group? Uh, Bumblebee does, like, Bob Ross painting. Um, Not... Knockout. Knockout is the risky. The risk. v- yep, exactly. Uh-huh. And uh, Bulkhead is part of a VTuber idol yes. group with Miko, and they're like baby metal. Yes. Oh, yes. That's perfect. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, we got it into one. All right. On to the questions here. I'm very smart. Question post. You are so smart. Your brain is just gigantic. Like my meat. <laughs> All right, on to our questions here from the post. Proper Casseractnet opens up with, what are your thoughts on the prevalence of dark energon in the aligned continuity? One thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about stuff that's never brought back. Dark energon is basically an aligned exclusive. Like, it's not a concept that was ever really played with again. It's interesting in how it relates to Unicron, I think. Listen, like I said, I, I think regardless of how like far they continue into the future, I think most of the ideas that were generated there during this time were genuinely interesting. Yes. Now, I think, you know, I think with Dark Energon, is it sometimes the classic uh, purple juice makes you evil? Perhaps. But when I think about how it is used in the the finale there of the like uneasiness of like why is there dark energy on earth what is happening i think that's really good sort of this seed of corruption stemming from unicron and like infecting everything and like how like yeah guess what i mean earth is sort of a product of chaos uh quite literally the embodiment having the earth be a literal eucharist is like galaxy brained yeah i think that like you know i think purple evil juice was kind of in vogue around this time because like it, it was a classic trope in a lot of things i i i always especially think of um world of warcraft where people are always drinking evil juice that's purple and it makes them evil. Um, I wouldn't know about that because I'm not a because ch- I'm a Chad. <laughs> I only know through osmosis, but it's like the one thing I know. It's like ah, I've never, I literally have never played WoW in my life because I'm a Chad. And you know the Final Fantasy XIV, which I have much more uh, experience with. Purple crystals, uh, bad news in that in that game. So like purple as the color of evil put against blue the color of good like it's all there i think we talked about this a little bit early on we were talking when we were like doing our episode zero for this entire podcast but like the idea that like purple is the bad color in the transformers universe and red is the good color is like very uncommon red's never the good color but it is here 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I do like you know Dark Energon. It's a little bit corny, but I like how they use it a lot of the time, and I think its prevalence kind of lessened as Prime went on and we got other stuff going on. Um, I think we had other shit to I, worry about. Listen, I think that Dark Energon plays a very specific and like purposeful. It's not like employed willy nilly. It's not a. It's not a like MacGuffin yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like in in, in a in a series. Full to bursting with MacGuffins. I feel yeah. like Dark Energon is never reduced. It, it, to that. It's not like whenever it is used, it's very purposeful and very, very like thoughtfully done. It plays very specific roles. Um, its place in the lore of Prime and beyond that, I guess the aligned universe, is fairly important and also a creative way of reinvigorating a character that hadn't really had any part of the franchise since orson wells died after playing him um well i don't know he was he was in armada energon quite a lot um but i guess that is really more like that's still just g1 unicron it's just it's it was shades of g1 yeah i mean they didn't uh, they didn't really do much like this is really like a reinventing of the character and and again like this is stuff that we're that we saw for years to come afterwards again the last bayverse movie was hinting at this exact plot at the end of it it was like like the last thing you see in the last night spoiler alert for the last night the hit movie from 2016 or whatever that everyone wants to see um is you see one of unicorn unicorn unicron's horns sticking out from a beach and like the implication is he's earth so like whatever the next movie is going to be in that continuity it's going to be about unicron being earth as established by this series the the one idea that carried forward from the aligned continuity is like, hey, it's pretty cool if Unicron is Earth. We should do that again. Um, um, and besides that, and and I think it makes it also makes for very interesting character moments, particularly in the finale with Megatron, mm-hmm. um, yes. who you know is constantly battling between his um, you know sense of grandeur in the bigger scheme of destiny versus his desire for complete self agency. Um, and we really get to see that come to the he- come to a head in the finale, where he is like really w- willing to go a full hog on like worshiping Unicron, and then Unicron says one mean thing to him, and he's like, "Fuck gods." I'll need him. Next up here from Daphnis, if it were up to you, would you change the bots assigned to the kids, or do you th- do you think the arrangement is fine as is? If you would change anything, which bot would you pick for the kids in question? You can bring in Cybertronians from other continuities if you want. I mean, we, we don't need to go there. I think they hit the balance perfectly right. The The dynamics are good. Um, I, I really like the dynamics. The only thing I might change is um, Bulkhead for a more recognizable. Right. I mean, but, I mean Bulkhead... Was, again, when Prime came out, Bulkhead had played a significant role in Animated, so they were going off of that. But, like, you'll know from, like, Cass's earlier question that I missed the G1 crew. You miss you, you wish he was Ironhide. I think Ironhide could have been a lot of fun. I think, like, Blaster and Miko could have been an interesting combination. <laughs> Oh God! I did, Ratchet would just leave. He wouldn't be able to handle that. 
I mean, I, I say Ironhide because Ironhide is who Bulkhead literally replaced in anime. True. Yeah. Uh, so like he would be he would be perfect to slot right in there. Almost no changes to his character, really. Yeah. The the other thing that I might do, I do think it would be interesting if we had, rather than Bumblebee, in a, I really like Bumblebee as part of the team, but I wonder if instead of him being, like, Raph's partner, if we had someone like G1 Wheeljack or Perceptor. Like another scientist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I think that could have been really interesting as well. Someone who was able to, like, or even just, like, if it was, like, if Bumblebee was there, but, like, Ratchet was Raph's partner. That would be interesting. You know? And I feel like, I feel like almost they have, like, shared custody or whatever. Because, yeah, Bumblebee hangs out with Raph a lot. But I feel like Ratchet and Raph also have a bond that is explored later on and kind of starts to form at in one shall fall when, when he almost dies. Yeah, which is why I think I'm saying this, right? Because, I mean, yeah. it, it's for a number of reasons. But, I mean, his partner is Bumblebee. So maybe if it was just yeah. like his partner was Ratchet, but Bumblebee was like the extra one. And I think that could have worked as well, especially coming off the 2007 movie. Like, to have and Bumblebee like, be, like, an isolated, like, to have him be more of, right. a, more of the protagonist Autobot it's even than interesting he is here. Because it, it's interesting, too, because it, it really feels as though with Raph and Bumblebee, they feel so much closer in age, relatively, than the other two do. Like... They almost feel like siblings, whereas the other two are, you know, are in a little bit more of like a mentorship thing. Mm, um, I don't know. I think RC and Jack are trying to get together. So, you know, something what I don't you know, I guess that is one thing to say about this dynamic. That one, something is happening there. I don't know what it is. I'm just saying but you could be a story of Paraglide, but you're playing. Something is happening. Uh, but yeah, I think I think for the most part, the dynamics they hit on are good. Um, and, but I would like to see more Raph and Ratchet in the future. I think that's very sweet. And we will. We will. Slipstream Sam asks, if you could pick any prime character and drop them into another continuity of your choice, who would it be and why? Personally, I'd put Prime Starscream in G1 because I think it would be funny. It would be Okay, funny. ever since I saw that post, I cannot stop talking, thinking about Prime Optimus in G1. <laughs> Yes, just no selling all the corny bullshit they say. Well, and just like accidentally knocking Megatron flat on his ass because he's one point five times, two point five times his size, and yeah. and uh, and Ironhide going, "Gee, prom, it's a great thing. I can't wait to tell your wife that the war is over." My what? No, <laughs> <laughs> my what? Oh man, I want to see Prime Optimus do a slam dunk. I want to see him ball. <laughs> um, I think I think the idea of like again of Prime Optimus ending up in G one and just accidentally knocking all the Decepticons flat on their ass because he's two and a half times their size, and then all the Autobots S cheering and him being like, "Wait, no, stop! <laughs> I didn't mean to do this." <laughs> similarly, Prime Megatron transported into G one. Just I feel like that would ooh. go so south though. That would go very south. Um, that would be a bad scene. It would be kind of funny though. Yeah, I'm not First of all, Starscream. First of all, Starscream is dealt with instantly. I don't. I don't think Prime Megatron deals with G1 Starscream. I don't think he. I don't think he fucks with that. Well, maybe he does. I don't know. It took him a while to try and kill Starscream. I mean, listen. 
uh, again, this is the contact, the comic continuity, and not the not the cartoon of G one. But Megatron took him off the list over and over again. <laughs> and there's that's true. there's only one reasonable explanation for why that is, and it's because his pussy game ridiculous. It's literally the only reason, the only conceivable reason. Um, I mean, the like I'm trying to uh. Are- <laughs> Prime RC and G1 would also be entertaining. Um, Though, just replacing her. Yeah, I mean, I think they're like. The, I think RC is actually probably the closest one to one of G1. I uh, I don't know. G1 are like if we're talking the if we're talking the cartoon. Yeah. G, like I, obviously IDW RC is a different beast altogether. Yeah, we're not. Ta- I'm not going to talk about IDW RC. That is a very that is a very close one to one in terms of uh, incredible violence potential. Um, but cartoon RC definitely not the same vibes as Prime RC. I would say, and I just think that would be very funny. Uh, I would love to see, see Prime RC stealing from Shockwave on the moon. Yep. Perfect. Just, just slip right in there. Um, here we go. So, cue the music. It's that time of the season, folks. That's right. It's the Cliff Jumper Memorial Awards for doing a bad job. Give us your nominations for the following categories. This is from a Dark Aura Energon, by the way. So, the categories are Strangest Plan, Biggest Starscream Epic Fail, Worst Child Endangerment, Least Good Episode. Weirdest animation, best cliff jumper moment, and the most memorable Decepticon who was brutally murdered in their debut episode. Okay. Strangest plan, I think, has to go to Starscream's G1 ass plan of melting the polar ice caps. Yeah, that one really stands out as like, what is even happening here? <laughs> like, I mean, again, it wasn't that, like a bad plan. It was to get like towards Energon, but it yeah, was also just, was so just so convoluted. So... Like stealing a fucking lens from a telescope is such a G one ass from Hawaii thing to do. from the Hawaii Observatory. Yeah. It's like what have what is happening here? Like literally, they're that episode is just like they're just doing a G one plot for the for twenty percent of it. It's amazing. Um, that that is definitely the strangest plan that comes to mind because like all the other strange things, they weren't really plans. Like knockout being into street racing just kind of accidentally got it brought him into contact with Bumblebee. Yeah, it wasn't his plan. It just like his Thursday night just kind of got ruined. Uh, biggest Starscream epic fail. You know, I you know considering track records of other Starscreams, Prime Starscream does not generally have so many epic fails. However, I would like to nominate his uh, his attempt to reanimate Skyquake. Where he jabbed yeah. himself with Dark Energon and immediately got his arm shot That's off. That's pretty bad. I think mine is failing to kill Megatron when he is literally prone and unconscious. Yeah, he had a lot, he had a lot of opportunities. And then, that. and then, getting fucking like Orca with a salmon afterwards as soon as Megatron wakes up like to piss Megatron off so much that he doesn't even bother killing the two Autobots inside his ship. So he can go kick the shit out of you. Pretty bad, dude. Yeah, that one's like a real fucking error on Starscream's part. I mean, he, listen, he tried. It's just that Soundwave would not let him pull the plug. Right, well, yeah, um, like I said, we're, we're not talking... A for effort, but, like, that is a fail. Yes. 
I I think the the arm incident was a bit more spectacular. It's though, pretty bad. Just, yeah. He ate shit instantly and had the worst excuse possible to knock out like And it, that was that was also an episode of Comedy of Errors where he's like, "No, my arm. I mean, not my arm. I mean, yes. I mean, no." And then he and then he got beaten up by Skyquake's zombie arm. So like just just a whole trail of 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 bad shit going down. Yeah, that was yeah, pretty bad. No, you're one. right. You're right. Worst child endangerment. I can't, I can't put down Raph getting blasted by Megatron because they're like there was no way they fucking knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> that was insane. Megatron just sniped Bumblebee from fucking Here's the issue with Prime is that generally speaking, they are actually much more responsible, and the children get endangered for when they do get endangered for circumstances far beyond their control for the most part. I think the only thing I can say is Bumblebee street racing with Jack. That was irresponsible. I would also say teleporting direct teleporting them directly onto the dingus train and almost getting Jack and Miko vaporized by a nuclear explosion. Uh, That one wasn't great, but I do understand why. Yeah. They they had had no choice on that one. The street racing though. You're right. That was definitely like no one needed to do come this. On <laughs> come on now. Um, that's the only one where it's like either circumstances required it or shit just happened on accident. Like I mean, predatory. That was supposed to be a routine right, inspection. Exactly. The, the rock bottom. That was like oh, we're just checking out a cave, and then oops, right? Uh, Starscream Megatron are here. Like all of those were kind of accidental. Um, but the street racing. Bad decisions ever all around, really. Um, least good episode. Ooh, let me let me look back real quick. Let, let me see. It's some I mean, of the I, like earlier the... ones when they're sort of just getting into their stride. I think um, it's like yeah. I mean, I can't really think of one that like leaps out to me as this one was kind of subpar. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the list now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably some random p- mid part of Darkness Rising. I don't know. Part two. Uh, like, everything else is fairly solid, I think. I don't, I didn't really have many, many complaints with stuff like this. Um, I guess, yeah. I guess my vote would maybe be for like, hmm. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, that one wasn't spectacular. I guess like it wasn't terrible, but like I mean, it did introduce Knockout and Breakdown, though. No, I think they entered early, didn't they? Didn't they enter no, that Conjob? Was... Oh, you're right. Yeah, no, that's, they they, no. they they did indeed debut. In so Deus maybe Ex it's Conjob actually. No, that's the one with Wheeljack in it. That one's cool. That one's fucking cool. Um, uh, really? I, uh, I'm eh, about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I can't really think of one. Uh, there's a, there's a few ones where I'm like, eh, but all of them are in the earlier part of the season. None of them are in like the last two thirds yeah. of the season. It's it's basically all bangers. My my vote would point. either be for like con job or like one of the darkness risings, probably. My gut says part two. I think that it's you know it's like, yeah, nothing much happens there. Sure. Uh, here we go. We're weirdest animation. I mean, we already <laughs> discussed bulkhead running gun. I mean, before. but that's it. That is it. Yeah, it's pro- that is it. <laughs> what the fuck is happening there? What is going on? Just beautiful. Uh, best cliff jumper moment when he talked about pranking that cop. 
That was good. I like that. When Starscream ripped his spark out. <laughs> Shoved his hand into his ribcage. Uh, most memorable Decepticon who was brutally murdered in their debut episode? I, well, I mean, I, I guess well, Skyquake. Yeah, I would say Skyquake. I mean, I say Skyquake the, with the knowledge of what happens in later seasons. Exactly. He's, he's the one who actually becomes important later on, unlike Makeshift, who will never be brought up again. Right. Um... But even in this one, he's at least brought back more than, like, makeshift is. Yeah, it's true. He gets turned into a zombie a couple episodes later. So, yeah, I would say Skyquake. Um, and that, that does it for the Cliff Jumper Memorial Awards for doing a bad job. <laughs> uh, see you next season. Um, so, now, I guess it's time We have one. To... No, well, we have one last question. That's right. From Hang Dark on, Aurora John again. What Transformer would you also like a Lego version of? I mean, I collect Starscreams like they're going out of style, so. I mean, if you if they make one Starscream set, that's that's immediately, you got you got the whole trine right there. They can pump those out easy. That's true. Different color that's bricks. That's true. I know they have different colors one. in the Lego factory. I have two friends who work there. Exactly. Just pump them right out there. That's easy money right there. Um, Lego Unicron. I want it to be even bigger than the Haslab Unicron. Like a Legoland statue? Yes. <laughs> and turn to Legoland, you see Unicron wa- <laughs> watching you. Hell yeah. That sounds cool. But yeah, I think Star's going to be a fun one. Kind of finicky, though, depending on the design. Yeah. I think with a Lego, you want like a more solid... Uh, Silhouettes, so maybe like a Megatron or a Soundwave. I mean, again, depending on what version of Starscream, he's pretty solid. That's true. You're doing G1. Yeah, G1. G1 Starscream can. can They're all blocky assholes. Yeah, it's true. All of them deeply rectangular. Uh, G1 is 80s cartoon design. Uh, toy designers were like, "We're not transforming that." <laughs> Fuck it, make them bricks. They are all like, if you don't make them square to begin with, we're not transforming it. Yep. All right, so now that we've finished our questions here, now it's time to officially announce our next season. Surprise, it's animated. Season one. Surely all of you had guessed this by now. I It's my favorite season. We started with Armada, our entry points. You chose your favorite season or your favorite series. Now I'm choosing my favorite series, animated. Um, We talked a little bit about anime's initial reaction in the discussion earlier but i want to go a little bit deeper into animated's inception right because it's fascinating this this was the first series to launch after the absolutely insane explosion after the 2007 movie transformers was huge again like this was this wasn't some fucking anime you could just shove out the door and haphazardly dub this was a follow-up to a to a to a blockbuster film, the next incarnation of a, of a of a global franchise now, um, and yet animated, I would say, is uh, a series that probably alters the Transformers formula most drastically for one basic yes fact: animated is the rare Transformers series that takes place after the war it's done the autobots won the decepticons are in exile 
Oh, I would say that the the main the main difference is a different thing. What was your what would be your your main The main difference is that Optimus is a nobody. That's another thing. That's another thing I really love. So like yeah, first of all, war's done. No war. Decepticons, not even a thought in anyone's head. Second thing, Optimus Prime, grand leader of the Autobots? No. Optimus Prime is a fucking space station maintenance jockey. Yeah, they're all like he's construction just, guys. He, he and his team are just some dudes. Uh, and like he used to be, uh, you know, a, a cadet at the at the Autobot Elite Guard Academy. He had the whole life ahead of him, but some shit went down. And now he's stuck in the middle of nowhere with all these other misfits and washouts working construction. Third thing. Optimus Prime, in this series, voiced by David Kay, who is, of course, most famous for voicing Megatron from Beast Wars to Transformers Cybertron. He, we, we had a lot of time with him in our first season in Armada. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a wild departure from a lot of Transformers mainstays. You can even see that in the art style. We talked about it. It is extremely stylized we got um, lips oh lips and chins galore boy howdy you, this this is the this is the series uh that has become infamous for the just the gigantic chins that char- some characters sport tfa characters I mean, have large chins that's uh statistically untrue sentinel prime who has the chin of <laughs> ten thousand men is a statistical outlier and should not be counted it is impressive. I don't know how he keeps his head uh, held up, but yeah, like, uh, so Transformers uh, animated was is is uh, from the same crews that worked on a lot of mid to early to mid two thousands Cartoon Network shows such as Teen Titans and Ben Ten, uh, which I think you can definitely see in the art style and in a little bit of the writing, and also in um, some of the voice casting. A lot of the voice casting as well. And, uh, you know, Transformers Animated has the sad story of it was shuttered without fanfare uh, in preparation for Revenge of the Fallen. Season three, there was there was an entire fourth season planned, but season three was just sort of tossed out there and said, all right, that's it. We're done. On to the next thing. Um and you know it's it's interesting right because Transformers animated when it was launched I talked about how the f- I was like Tra- Transformers animated was Armada was my first series Cybertron was the first series I really watched animated was the first series around that time where I was like on forums and talking to other fans and like seeing what other fans thought about stuff more often and the, re- the the initial gut reaction to Transformers Animated was uh, highly negative, I would say. People did not like the, like, super stylized art style that they saw. Um, as I said, they were afraid it would be super juvenile, it would be like baby shit, right? They basically thought it would be fucking Rescue Bots. Which, it kind of is a more fleshed out yeah, adult listen. Rescue Bots. It does skew younger but like i I have such an issue with this because these are the same assholes who are watching friendship is magic and being like this Uh is like you know this is peak tv this is this is a cultural phenomenon 
for all ages. It's like, no, it's not. It's skewed towards younger audiences. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy it as an adult. Like, absolutely yeah, you can. But like, it's like one of the things, it's, it's skewed toward younger audiences, but there's stuff in there you can grab onto and like, oh, there's stuff in there that I can get into too. It's like, yeah, animated is the same way. There's a lot of goofy kids shit in there, but also a lot of good character writing, a lot of good world building, um, some fairly dark shit happens in animated i would say sometimes you just can't die sometimes you just get killed over a one minute one and one minute 30 second montage for like like 12 times they keep killing starscream it's, it's the best thing in the world but yeah like so animated um you know it's 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 a it's it's a hell of a show i guess we can talk a little bit about the the kind of the kind of voice cast here because there's some fascinating uh choices so i already said david k optimus prime uh bulkhead the sort of inception of bulkhead as a character he is as he exists today the name technically existed before animated but like the way that knockout existed before yeah he was like this this was this is where bulkhead's character was truly born voiced by bill fagerbaki patrick Starr, um who is joined by his best friend that's right on the enemy team starscream voiced by tom kenny who is his starscream is is such a delight he he um, really like his starscream leans the most towards chris lotta starscream of any starscream that has come since g1 he has the drama he has the sort of screechiness He's um, he's a bit more sardonic i would say yes um there's a lot he's also more competent yeah but, but still kind of pathetic. But, uh, yes. Well, again, sometimes you just can't die. Um, mm-hmm. But um, there's... He, he, he has... He's like a drier version of G1 Starscream. Well, so on here. So we have Corey Burton, uh, who's no stranger to the Transformers franchise, pulling double duty as Ratchet, who once again, I feel as though this version of Ratchet kind of uh helped kind of inform the character moving forward because yeah. he, he had been in the idw comics a little bit before this show came out but they as as the as they went on they kind of adopted in this like older cranky crotchety uh character type Whoa, into cut me upon thee. uh-huh uh he also voices megatron in this uh series one of the most like manipulative and and understated megatrons we've ever had i really really like this animated megatron animated megatron is i would say by far the most intellectual yes of, he he is like of the megatrons he's got a lot going on he is not the fucking you know shark toothed you know devil worshipping nightmare man of of transformers prime nor is he the the arch villain of armada he is a different beast. and it's also really interesting because since optimus is a nobody megatron doesn't care about him yeah megatron doesn't even know his name. yeah he's like who are For... you whatever um so to have this like really like intellectual sort of like super villain um in sort of like a classic sense who like just doesn't give a shit about any of the main characters is like really really interesting yeah and then we so filling out the the main uh, autobot cast we have bumblebee obviously uh he was originally going to be hotshot 
but the movie made sure that did not happen. Um, Bumblebee is voiced by Bumper Robinson. Uh, another like all of these guys are like around this time. They were they were working all over the place in animation. These are like the the crop of like late two thousands voice actors. Uh, pr- you know Prowl, uh, voiced by Jeff Bennett here, and uh, you know. So on the Decepticon side, we to fill it out. We have Lugnut, also voiced by David K. Blitzwing, one of the most outrageous takes on his character ever, I would say. Uh, voiced by Bumper Robinson in a beautiful Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Uh, well, only one third of the time, actually. Blitzwing. Well, you'll yeah. yeah well, you'll you'll understand why I said that once we get to him. Uh, and Black Arachnia, played by Cree Summer. Cree Summer. Who has played every black female character in animation for, at this point, when she got the role, probably 20 years. Oh, yeah. Starting with Susie Carmichael and, and Rugrats. And, you know, obviously you may say, well, weird, Black Arachnia, that's a Beast Wars character. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other influences going into animated. Um, it's, it's a big old melting pot of stuff. Uh, but that isn't the only thing that, you know, so we have our cast here, our, our central cast. The human side is also interesting because animated is set in like near-ish future Detroit where as a result of events in the opening episode, uh, it has gone from the uh, the automotive uh, capital of the world to the robotics capital of the world. And all of this is led by Professor Isaac Sumdak. Uh, voiced by Tom Kenny in a performance that I don't think they could get away with today. Yeah, um, it's not ideal. Little bit Apu-ish. Uh, not quite that cartoonish, but you know, just it, they would not have it's not cast ideal. it this way. It's not ideal. They would not have cast this way today. Um, who is struggling to uh, raise his precocious daughter. Sorry, Sumdak, uh, played by Tara Strong um also not i mean she it's not putting on an accent but also not ideal no no uh and you know it's it's about the like the it it almost positions the autobots as superheroes because there's a lot of human supervillains they contend with because one thing they wanted to do with animated which i think they accomplished very well is they said to be like we don't want the Decepticons to be bumbling cartoon villains that the Autobots defeat every week. We want it to be like a big deal when they have to come into contact with the Decepticons. And I think they, uh, they established that very well. It is a, it is a dynamic that I find very interesting of like, we have these, all these other stuff going on, you know, kind of similar to mech, obviously not as, serious of a, of a faction but like all these other different threats kind of unrelated to the decepticons but but still an issue um and it's it's just like a very fun show very fun and breezy but like it's got some stuff in there when you when you dig down into it it's got some cool storylines it's got some cool characters this is where lockdown originated from i mean played by fucking lance hendrickson in this up ep- in this series it's crazy it's wild. I'm almost definitely going to just telling you in advance. Call him Lockjaw. 
Lockjaw? I don't- Is that his new name? No, it's not. It's just a thing that has to do with lock, and I look at him, and I see his jaw, and I think Lockjaw instead of Lockdown. I mean, he is an animated character, so he has a very impressive chin, obviously. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's a lot- to to dig into with animated and we'll only scratch the surface here with with season one uh this is a shorter season it's only 13 episodes so we're gonna breeze right through it kind of but it's gonna be a fun ride i think yeah it'll be good so i guess next time we're gonna uh open up with the the feature length premiere the first three episodes of transforms animated were presented as a feature-length uh, episode on Cartoon Network uh, called Transform and Roll Out. So we're going to be covering that not next week. So we, yeah, we are going week. to be on break this week when you guys are actually listening to this. Um, but stay uh, tuned for announcements in the Discord. Um, sometime this week we will be uh, streaming the 2007 movie. Do you like to see uh, Bumblebee pissing on John Turturro? Do you like to see Megan Fox's tits? Great news for all of you in there. The movie will deliver. You will be pleased. If you're not looking for that, uh, it's fine. It's it's all right. Are you looking for um, black-coated characters to get ripped limb from limb? No? All right. Well, too bad. Uh, But yeah, so, you know, next time we'll be starting Transformers Animated. Stay tuned. Keep a lookout for the announcement on the Discord. I don't know if I'm going to stream it yet, but I'll, I'll figure it out uh and uh so i guess now since we did it friday last time i imagine it'll probably be friday again but we'll see we'll see who knows what'll happen maybe my house will explode it's impossible to say in these crazy times Uh uh-huh we've been prime cuts we've been prime cuts you can follow us on twitter at prime cuts pod i'm nero you can find me on twitter at dragon smoocher you can find all of my other podcasts which hopefully won't be interrupted by my house exploding You, you never know it's it's crazy times out here um you can find them uh so i got my final fantasy 14 podcast with my friend jane that is radio free heidelin at heidelin radio coming up on halfway through a realm reborn roughly um we're getting through it we're getting through there it's kind of rough but it's interesting to look back on um i also did a shira podcast with her uh that is at podcast of power on twitter shira 2018 obviously and I am on uh, Disney Minus sometimes. I've been absent the past couple of times due to scheduling stuff. But uh, unfortunately, I will be returning for uh, the the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. Oh, shit. So, great. You know, Roger Rabbit is currently the top of my list of, of ranked Disney films. So surely this will be second place. It, it's going to be great. I bet that's at Disney minus pod bet <laughs> bet. That's me. Um, I'm Audrey. You can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at optimum on prime. That's my funny robot internet joke. You can also listen to the other podcast. I do. It's called pod of greed. You can find it on Twitter at pod of greed cast. It's about Yu-Gi-Oh. We are on break right now for um, between seasons three and four of GX. We're going to return to school in September like everyone else. Um, but uh, we are producing Patreon content in the meantime. We did another episode of Krugio this week uh, where we did Fast Five. Um, that's a good time. And um, I'm also going to shout out the Moonshot Podcast Network where I will be uh, 
playing Lisa in a live read of uh, a table read of Mamma Mia. Uh, so which is very funny because I'm playing the tall bridesmaid opposite um, my co-cast mate who I think could bench press me probably. Um, so <laughs> that's that's interesting, but it'll be a really good time. Um, and that will probably be coming out sometime in September. Um, but uh, go follow Moonshot for updates on that. And uh, you can find this podcast and the other podcast that I do, Pot of Greed, on Noisebase, which you can find at noisebase.xyz. Um, and you can, at Noisebase, find all the descriptions of our episodes where you can find a link to our Discord, which you should join so you can go watch the 2007 movie with us this week. Um, you can also find that link in our in our bio on Twitter, which you can find at uh, Prime Cuts Pod. And that is basically it. It's a wrap on Prime. So until next time, I am going to spend too, way too much money simping over Knockout's VTuber Sona transform and rollout. Uh, I am going to um, forget my name and the last years of my life and uh, transport into a new cartoonish reality, transform and rollout. Peach. Peach. <laughs>